All right, so now we're gonna take a second to thank some of our members on our Patreon. And if you're interested in supporting the show and through that supporting me, you can go to patreon.com forward slash Lindsay M. Dillon, or you can just click the link in the show notes. So we'd like to thank our members of the House of Stone and the House of Flame. So that is Francie Dillon, Pokela, Natalie Curry, Birdie Tam, Leah Tab, J.S., Katie Grant, Krisha Dolan, Allison Connors, and Cheryl Eisenhower. So to our dear patrons, may I remind you that if you gaze into a kiln, the kiln also gazes into you. This is The Mud Peddlers, a podcast where two nerdy ceramic artists share the behind the scenes of their worlds of clay. We're your hosts, Lindsay M. Dillon. And I am Dante of Earth Nation. Today on The Mud Peddlers, we have a very special guest, and I would like to introduce Iana Frisbee. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. So the reason that we have Iana on today is there is an event coming up in Sacramento called Inseca, and it is basically a huge ceramics conference, and we wanted to do a series of interviews on the mud peddlers to kind of let people know what's going on with the event and uh yeah basically introduce you all to it so iana is here to kind of help with that and also talk about her work and arts in sacramento yeah give us a little introduction what do, what do you do what is your position who are you as an artist you know i'm excited to, to hear about it so, um, yeah, I do, uh, I've been working with ceramics for 20 plus years and, um, I actually started out at a community college at American river college. And, um, I had Jim Kaneko as an instructor and, uh, and then I moved to Sacramento city college and, um, those were the good old days where you could take as many <laughs> classes as you wanted. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Um, and then I transferred up to Humboldt state university and, uh, I spent two years up there where I got my, uh, undergrad and, um, and then I quickly had to leave after I got that because there's just not a sustainable uh, career available up there unless you want to be a trimmer. Yeah, absolutely. Mm, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had to, um, I moved to the Bay area and, um, the second day I was there, I got a job, uh, working at Leslie ceramics. Now, oh. uh, Leslie ceramics was run by, uh, John Toki and, um, he took it over from his mother's, it was his mother's business, but, um, I worked there and like the first day I was there, somebody asked me to sell him a kiln and I was like, Dude, I, I, you know, like I know how to fire them, but I don't know anything about kilns. Yeah. And so working at a ceramic supply store was a crash course in everything related to ceramics. And so I had to know shrinking rates of all clays. And I, anyway, it was just a real, I thought it was a really smart move. And I would recommend that to anyone else who um, is kind of getting going and they want to know more is like, jump in, you know, work at a store or something like that um, and get in the background mm -hmm. and see what's going on. Um, anyway, uh, I was there for five years in the Bay Area and um, I had a warehouse, a 5,000 square foot warehouse. and oh, paid That's big. 
I know. I know. It was great. Um, Flashdance lifestyle. And uh, I worked at every art center I possibly could in ceramics. And so I worked at like Richmond Art Center, Walnut Creek Civic Art Center, Piedmont Adult. Um, I worked with K through 12 in all sorts of environments. And, um, and then, I, then I decided that it's time for me to go to grad school. So I went by coastal with education and I, um, I got into Cranbrook Academy of Art in Michigan. Oh, wow. And um, yeah, that was a culture shock, (laughs) weather shock. And uh, yeah, the weather. um, Go ahead. Go ahead, Dante. What were you saying? No, I was just agreeing with you about the weather. Like so many people ask me, how how does our clay dry? And I'm like, it depends on where you live, realistically. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't like being cold at all. So, um, I, as soon as, uh, I knew I wanted to teach ceramics, like that was always kind of what I, my goal was. And, um, but I also wanted to do, do ceramics professionally. So, um, I, when I started getting close to graduation, I applied to any place that did not have snow (laughs) and uh, lo and behold, I, I actually got a response back from Sierra College. And, um, and so I flew out to Sacramento and I got the job and it was a part-time job. It's an adjunct job. So um, uh, I decided like, we're going to, we're going to move back to Sacramento. And, and I did, and I've been here in Sacramento ever since. And so since then, um, as soon as I came back to Sacramento, it's like, okay, I want to get into the arts community. Like that was a really important component to me. And so the first thing I did is I volunteered at the Crocker Art Museum, which is for those of you that don't know Sacramento, it's kind of our only art museum. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. It's a little, it's a little jewel and it actually houses one of the largest ceramic collections, um, on the West coast. And, uh, it's pretty, I mean, that's, that's pretty cool. I gotta say, mm-hmm. I love going there. It feels like home to me. And, um, and it was actually at the Crocker, um, it was a volunteer position. It's called Crocker contemporaries. And it was when the Crocker was looking for younger. I, that's when I was younger, um, uh, artists. <laughs> artists to, uh, to kind of zhuzh a little bit, um, the, the programming. And, um, and that's where I met my, what I call artner, Joya Fonda. And, Uh, um, and I, when we met, it was kind of like, Oh, I, I kind of already know who you are. Like I, you know, like when you first meet somebody, you're like, but I know you, you know, like mm-hmm. it's, there's a familiarity and um, I've had that happen with a few people, but Joya definitely is one of those. And she and I kind of became best buds and we started a gallery for five years um, that we also volunteered at, but curated uh, monthly so cool. shows. Where, what was the name of that gallery? Where, where was that? It was called Tangent Gallery and it That's was right. on fourth Avenue in Franklin and um, we put on thematic shows every month and uh, we didn't get paid. We just did it. Um, and we were both at that time uh, working part time at uh, I was working at Sierra College and Sac City. And mm. Joya, uh, recent, at that time, she got a full time position at Sacramento City College. So when she was unable to spend as much time and energy on the gallery, we shut it down. Mm. And so we did that for five years. And then um, we 
still kept our noses in the community though. And um, we've been to a few of those meetings where people are like, well, what can we do to get Sacramento, you know, on the map and, and to kind of revive Sacramento art, culture, community, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so we came up with this idea of uh, starting an art advice booth which was really similar to the Lucy booth, you know, her psychology yes. for, for <laughs> psychiatric advice for five cents. Mm-hmm. So we modeled it after that and um, it's a pop-up shop now. So we kind of do, well, it's a pop-up. I shouldn't say it's a shop. It's a booth. Yeah. Right. We go to places we've done Saturday. We've done, we set it up corners like for first Friday, which is again, is like, these are when galleries are open. Um, we've also done it at places like we've been to high schools. We've been to anywhere where it's arts related. We've been to festi- art festivals and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So we kind of keep that alive. We've been doing that for several years now. I'm going on a tangent right now. Oh, no, no, no worries. Talk, I love it. Talk it's, your talk. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just curious because like I remember you telling me about the uh, the art advice booth. Uh, years ago and so for our listeners like what kind of what kind of um, advice or what kind of questions would people ask like just so they get a sense of what it is because it's it's making a comeback for Enseca right they're just like get good (laughs) get better (laughs) we um the last time was actually about a couple of weeks ago we set up at the crocker inside uh, masks masks on and everything Mm -hmm. and we just uh set up like two uh, chairs on the other side of the booth and people are really curious. It's a very humble booth. And so it, uh, you know, allows people to approach us without feeling intimidated. And so, you know, sometimes people are like, what is this? And we actually Mm -hmm. have a menu. We have a menu where like just prompts that people can ask, like we, we answer practical stuff. So if somebody wants to know something about mediums to use in painting, Joy is going to be the person to talk to. Um, or sometimes they have questions about their education or about what are the next steps to take um, or, you know, like just advice. Uh, sometimes mm-hmm. it gets deeply philosophical <laughs> and we appreciate that as well. And, and there have been times where, you know, we really feel like we're doing a service. Like sometimes people just need to ask um, a stupid question about art, you know, and yeah. uh, I, th- those were air quotes for those of you that did not see that. Um, <laughs> yes, for our listeners. They'll see quotes. it on YouTube for sure. Yeah. yeah. It's, a safe, it's a safe place to ask anything about that that's art related. And so it's practical, it's philosophical. We also have tons of resources. We have lots of handouts. We're both instructors, so we love handing out things mm-hmm. to people. And uh, we have some uh, coloring uh, pages for younger kids as well. And sometimes I'll just sit there and like do origami with kids and they'll just like talk mm-hmm. to us. And oh, that's chill. That's hella chill. Yeah, it's, it just depends on the individuals that sit down with us. So as for my artwork. Oh, please. I would love to hear yeah, about it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So my artwork has kind of been, um, you know, I started out as an artist because I was romanced by the idea of being an artist. I wanted to separate myself from everyone else. Um, and so mm-hmm. I thought, and also I had a penchant for doing art. Like I at a very early age, I wanted to, like, I was drawing and stuff and like in high school and 
junior high, people would ask me to make the football posters and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I feel like that's always an early so, indicator. It's like, hey, you can you can do this and like write happy birthday and have it fit like on <laughs> in the right amount of space. Like. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm really, I'm, I hopefully none of those posters resurface. Um, oh, I hope they do. <laughs> no, no, like it's the school that I went to was called um, Get High. And it was an acronym for Galesville Etcher Tremplow High School in Wisconsin. And oh our gosh. mascot was the Redmen. No. Oh, no, boy. No, wow. No. <laughs> so... They had to, they just recently, I would say within the last seven or eight years, they had, they, they got a new mascot and they also kind of changed up their acronym. So it's not the same. That's a good, that's good. <laughs> progress, progress. Yeah. And let's see, what else can I say? Okay. So anyway, it wasn't until I got to, I dabbled in, in, in art. And then when I got to um, American River College and I was doing ceramics and maybe you guys can um, respond, you know, this maybe resonates with you as well, but like, it's, it was almost like a light bulb went off. You're like, oh my God, mm. how do I do this for the rest of my life? Right. Yeah. yeah. When you catch the clay bug for sure. Yeah. yeah I get it. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I got bit, mm -hmm. get, I got bit hard. I got a bit hard. <laughs> yeah. Did you get caught by the, uh, or I guess bit hard by the ceramics bug and the teaching bug kind of at the same time? Or was the idea that you wanted to teach something that came on later? No, no. I've always been like both of my, um, my parents are instructors, um, math. One is math and what does he do? Computers and and then my uh, stepmother was a biology teacher. So I, I've been institutionalized my entire life. <laughs> and so I'm really comfortable in that, that uh, position. And uh, so I really don't, I, I felt like I didn't have a lot to say. And, and that's really taken me, and that's really hard. And I'm just admitting that. Like, you know, some people, I, I really kind of envy people that are like, okay, I'm making this thing. And this is, you know, I've got this really important thing to say, and I'm just going to kind of generate this amazing oeuvre of work that mm. is based upon this idea. And I was just never like that. Like I am more of a um, explorer and I love the challenge of clay and all of its many facets. Uh, so that can be uh, kiln firings, different types of treatments, uh, surfaces. Um, you know, I, I work on the potter's wheel, but I also do sculpture. Um, and I also like to be on the edge. So for me, huh. that means mostly about like pushing materials and pushing people's um, uh, concepts of what is acceptable um, in, in art and in ceramics. Mostly, I think that's mm. something that I've been trying to dispel my entire career is like, um, you know, when people say, well, that's not da, 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 you make something that proves them wrong, you know? Um, and so I like that. Uh, yeah. So, you know, like, for example, right now I'm deeply embedded into ceramic assemblage. And so that's like um, using found objects and gems and minerals and jewelry and uh, like, I've just got all these like little cluster collections mm -hmm. of things all over my studio that, um, that pair really well with clay. And I think that's one of the beautiful things about clay as a medium 
is that it goes with everything. It's like the black dress, you know, it just <laughs> it goes with everything. Is there anything that your specific artwork concentrates on or are you more like a rolling stone? Like, do you experiment, experiment, experiment? Or is there anything that like, if I saw it, I would go, oh, that's Ayana's work. Like, she definitely did that without looking at the name. No, no. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, I don't really have a style. Like, I, I don't have that. Um, and so, yeah, uh, I, I don't I don't think if somebody saw my work, they'd go, oh, that's Yana's. Uh, right. At least I don't think so. I don't know. Um, sometimes somebody tests. <laughs> sometimes you don't know. Some some people are like, "That's I know you made that." You're like how? I just started. <laughs> and they're like, "I know, I know." Yeah. <laughs> um, but I do, like I said, I like to test out things and explore things, and so um, I and one time, I'll see. Uh, several years ago, I was awarded. Um, a grant here, it's called the Left Davis uh, Grant here in Sacramento, and um, it doesn't exist anymore, but I was given a chunk of money and I went to uh, Montana to the, um, it's not the, it was Archie Bray. What's the one in Helena, Montana? Yeah, yeah, that's Archie Bray. That's like one of the, for our listeners and viewers, that's one of the more, uh, I guess, famous uh, ceramics institutions, places where you can do internships and such. Yes, yes, absolutely. It's residency, all the things. And, and uh, Matt Wadel was doing a workshop there and he makes these amazing large sculptures. And so I did a workshop with him. And when I came back, I was like, I felt more comfortable about, and well, maybe not comfortable, but confident about making larger work. And so I've, I kind of pushed that idea and I made this like hundred pound sculpture. That's a one piece that goes on the wall. It's <gasps> ridiculous. Oh my it's God. Ridiculous. Yeah. There's always like a really, really big piece of work in everyone's studio that you're like, oh, all right, it's huge. Yeah, yeah, it's huge. And so the next, the, so the next step would be to make a freestanding sculpture that is, uh, you know, I went, okay, I made that. So now like the next step would be something similar, but like a, a freestanding. And so um, I really was, my whole uh, trajectory has been inspired by traveling and, um, and also listening to podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there are things that I, they just like, I get a bee in my bonnet and I just got to kind of go there. And so the last one that really hit me, and I've been doing this particular work, body of work uh, for about five years now is um, I went to Belize and um, there was this Barton Creek cave. And we also had one tour guide and it was just me and my husband and this uh, tour guide who was also a shaman. And we took oh, a wow. canoe, we took a, I know it's pretty cool. Took it, we took a canoe into this like water cave and there was like water dripping from stalactites. And so there was this kind of acoustic echoing thing happening. And we were the only people in there and there were bats up above and cool. there were human remains um, where the Mayan, the ancient Mayan had interred their, um, their, their people. And wow. like, there's water dripping into like these ceramic olive jars. And I was like, you know, like, it just <laughs> hit me. And I was like, this everything. yeah, yeah. I was like, you know, <laughs> you're the hair on your skin, your skin like waves up. And, um, and I was like, this is everything. Like clay has such a wide, wide net and it, it reaches 
it's every every part of the world it's part of the earth it's part of it's part of you know like it becomes these other things that we we you know adorn ourselves with it becomes mm-hmm. ritual and um and i just thought that's everything i want to talk about and so I love this idea of combining again, like all of this kind of like broken, you know, junk jewelry or minerals and gems, they all now come into my work. Um, and, and then I like, because again, I'm a little bit of a, um, like, like to push some buttons is, um, I love craft. So, um, you know, like you can kind of talk a little bit about art, the difference between art and craft and stuff and be happy to have that conversation. But for me, Um, craft is something that is, um, you know, like I think right now I'm basically using hot glue. I I love hot glue Uh and I love the drippy drips of hot glue and, oh my gosh, it just can connect so many things and it is so playful and, um, and it's just, it feels wrong and it feels so good. It feels right at the same time. So, um, I've been using that a lot in my artwork as well. So kind of combining these like low craft like hot glue like michael get it at michael's kind of stuff with you know ceramics and gems and um you know things that come from the earth i just love that kind of juxtaposition and it works well together so that's pretty much where my artwork is right now ish okay for sure yeah hey uh, real question how many encicas have you been to more than five (laughs) two of them just two only two. Could you like describe? Because I know it didn't happen last year. Can you describe, for lack of a better term, like the vibe that Enseca brings to, especially somebody who's never been there before? Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, the and for those of you that don't know, Enseca uh, stands for the uh, National Council of Education for the Ceramic Arts. I had to look it up, you guys. Me too. Me too. No, absolutely. <laughs> I always say like the National Clay Education for something arts i don't know <laughs> it's has art and clay in there somewhere it's very mouthy um yeah. but any but basically it is very much about um uh art uh educate ceramic education and exposure to the community at large and so um it feels a little bit like uh comic-con but it's mostly geared for it's all geared for ceramists as well mm-hmm. as like education and um and exposure and so that can mean many different things to many different people and it goes from k up until like i mean professionals like it really spans the whole spectrum of any like if you're just even a little bit interested i would encourage you to go um because it's pretty pretty amazing like everybody's jaws are on the ground the whole time (laughs) yeah it's it really is it's like valhalla for ceramics, yes. you know? <laughs> yes. 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 I love that. What are what are some of the different ways that people can be involved in in uh or in, uh, in Sika? Because I know for myself, like Dante and I were gonna go right before the pandemic. Yeah, like then, right, but like three months before. Yeah, yeah. So we were planning on like, you know, getting the ticket, being able to go to all the workshops, but it seems like there's kind of, there's a bunch of different ways that people can be involved. Like there's, there's getting the ticket and doing that whole thing. Um, then there's different gallery shows that are going to be going on. Um, so what, what are the different ways that people can get involved within Sika, both for those who are buying a ticket and those who are maybe either can't afford to, or just aren't going to be buying a ticket to like the event in the convention itself. Right. 
Yes. Great. Great. Okay. So, um, all right. So for those people that want to really like jump in the pool and do the Enseca, um, you, first of all, they would encourage you to become a member. Um, and, um, and so if you look at, if you go to Enseca.net, um, you will see that there is, um, a place called like on the, the, the uh, row, it says events and it will say conference 2022, you click on that and it'll give you a whole bunch of ideas of like member, like what you can do um, and how to like, if you want to pay for a four day ticket. So they have this whole, there are nuanced versions of like how to get involved. So if you want to just participate in, if you want to participate in four days, you can do uh, like four days, just that, or you can do membership four days and it entitles you to a year membership. And you also get like the newsletter and you also get um, access to the pre and post uh, conference uh, events that are happening as well. So that's Ooh. if you've got the money. Great. That's wonderful. Right. For those people that do not have that kind of money, um, there's also sliding scales as well. So um, I looked it up and they have like this, uh, there's now an online component because of COVID, mm-hmm. um, which is, I mean, COVID's not great, but you know, one of the nice things that we have learned is like, you don't have to be at a particular location to enjoy an event now. Oh yeah. So, um, you know, like if you want to just do online, an online thing too, they're, they're going to be recording everybody's, um, uh, like, uh, the lecture series that's going to be happening as well. There will also be demonstrations. Um, uh, yeah. Okay. So anyway, if you, let's say you don't have any money. Um, mm-hmm. If you are K through eight, it's free. Okay. Oh, that's oh, great. Oh. So for K, K through eighth grader, it's free. Of course, you have to be accompanied by an adult. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, from, and then there's also nine through 12, it's $15 a day. Again, accompanied by an adult. That's not too bad. Mm -hmm. There's a sliding scale for the online workshops, excuse me, uh, just like the NSEQ itself. It's, I think it's like $50 if you can um, show like financial burden or something like that. Um, So it seems like NSEQ is really taking a hit on like making money this year as well as last year and the year before. Um, And they're aware of that. Um, And so what they're, what they're really focusing on is making sure that people are coming and, um, and, uh, you know, participating versus, you know, uh, the, the monetary value of things. And so I think if people really want to go, there are ways to make that happen. Yeah. Um, I remember, uh, the year that we were supposed to go together, they asked like, do you want to donate the money or do you want to like put it toward the ticket next year? And I was like, I, I know so many people already canceled. Just take the money. I felt yeah. so bad. I knew they were taking a hit. I was like, just just take it, man. I'd rather the whole thing survive than go away just because I wanted my extra two whatever dollars, you know. Yeah, and there's some options for students as well, I imagine, right? Oh, um, yes. Uh, one thing I wanted to mention is um, volunteering. So uh, there oh, is a volunteer. Yes. yes, yes, yes. So if people want to get into Enseca, there's the other, the back doorway is volunteering. And so you can sign up on the website to do volunteering. And I think it's like, you have to do 12 to 13 hours of volunteering and then you get in for free. So yeah. there, there's that. 
that's a good way to do it too. Yeah, yeah. I assume you could split up the time too. They're not gonna keep you on the for 12, 13 hours. <laughs> no, right, right, right. Yeah, somebody is in charge of that and it probably will get divvied up between the four days. And um, and I don't know how much um, freedom you will have to, to say where you wanna be or whatever, but um, you know, like, uh, for, you know, for, we're going to be working on the, the, um, there are a couple of things that I'm involved with personally, uh, that we're collaborating to do NSICA. And one of them is called clay camp and mm -hmm. clay camp is for K through 12, um, uh, students that <laughs> is going to be, uh, two consecutive weekends that, uh, we're basically bringing clay, uh, and, um, hiring some potters. Lindsay, yes, myself included, um, to, to yes, yes, uh, to do some demonstrations and and to show um, younger younger people how cool art, how cool ceramics is, and the art advice booth will be there as well. And um, you know, we have some ideas about doing things like that with uh, with kids. And is that is that going to be the weekend? Like the two weekend, I can't remember. Is that going to be the two weekends before Inseca, or what's the timeline on those? One one Saturday, it's going to be one Saturday during Inseca, mm -hmm. and then the following Saturday is going to be at the Crocker. And uh, what we're going to be doing is having kids make uh, a cornucopia. So we had um, uh, one of my uh, colleagues make a uh, this framework, an armature that has wire mesh in it that um, where we're asking um, uh, students to make uh, fruits and vegetables out of clay. So there will be kind oh. of like this project driven side where the, and then those little pieces are going to be put on the cornucopia at Ensica. So it's going to be in the um, there's going to be like an installation area that is free to everybody. So there's going to be kind of like an area that is free. And I believe that's going to be where it is. And then I think also the vendor market is also free. Um, oh, it's cool. Only that's really neat. Into the conference area, like the, uh, you know, the presenters and the demonstrators that you really have to, uh, you know, kick down some money. Um, anyway, so what the big, the recent development is we're talking about like putting that cornucopia on a float and like, you know, and having a parade down towards the Crocker and oh. doing that second. Uh, I know I'm really excited about this. I got to find some musicians, like some traveling musicians or something. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I see, I see it happening down the Capitol mall and, you know, we're going to try and make a big deal out of it and get people excited about, you know, clay and, um, and then it'll be happening at the Crocker and that, that, um, courtyard at the Crocker is where we're going mm. to be uh, working that second weekend um, there as well. That's I, tight. That's tight. So to kind of cap this off real quick, because I'm, I'm super, I'm sorry, I'm so, it's really close <laughs> to Inseca and I'm super excited about it. Let's say you're new to Inseca. You've never been there before in your entire life. You walk in the front doors. What's the first thing you would go to? Is there a trail? Is there like a, a system you should go to? If I'm new, what should I go to first? I would assume there's going to be information booths uh, right there at the entrance that will kind of give you orientation. Okay, so it's like a free for all. Yeah. It's like choose whatever you want. Mm -hmm. It can get really confusing and overwhelming. And so we try and make sure that people have an idea. Yeah, I, okay, would, I sure. would imagine as well, like for any of our um, 
you know, viewers and listeners who have been to a convention, like an anime convention, yeah. you kind of know, like, especially the one, like, in San Jose, it's, like, it is truly a cornucopia of yeah, options. Yeah, it's huge. So it's, like, what I always do with my friend group that goes to fanime is, like, we get our little, like, program, we go through and we look at, like, okay, like, what are some of the workshops, or not workshops, but, like, you know, panel discussions that we want to go to, what are some of the events, Yeah. Um, how much time I'm going to carve out for, like, you know, Artist Alley and Vendor Hall, so you... It sounds kind of like it's like it's a choose your own adventure thing for Nsika as well. Okay. Which I'm yeah. like <sighs> super been, pumped about. <laughs> I've been to a couple conventions that are like super overwhelming and so the the pamphlet they give you is like here's the trail. The mm. trail goes through here are the artists and then after the artists there's the vendors and then after that you cap there's a fi the cafeteria is at the end of course because you're probably hungry from that adventure. I was wondering <laughs> if Nsika had like a path thing like that, but it it might be a bit more like anime where it's like just go yeah just it's okay. i'll lead you around if you need some help i will no. <laughs> i am very um i run away so how since since your involvement with the sacramento arts community runs for runs through so much of your life like what are you looking forward to in sika contributing to that overall like culture like what are you what are you hoping that it will do for sacramento and for samurai artists in sacramento I, you know, Sacramento suffers from, um, you know, being the second city. Um, mm. And, you know, even to this day, like, what was I, I was watching Narcos and um, there was, there was like some, one, one of the, the DEA agents, he like, he messed up. And so they sent him to Sacramento, which is kind of a, <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> that's, that's your punishment. <laughs> you have to go to Sacramento. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I, you know, and it's just, I mean, it's kind of like Sacramento's always kind of been like, it's got a bad reputation and for art. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's, it doesn't, I've been in better places, but I've been in worse places. Definitely. Mm -hmm. And it seems like it's growing a lot too. It is, it is. Um, and, you know, and I don't think that we should try and be anything else than what we are, which is a pretty um, uh, navigable, uh, charming city that is, um, you know, like we're always kind of the little engine that could, you know, we, we try yeah. as much as we can with the limited resources that we have. Mm. Um, and, and also we're a bureaucratic city because th this is where the government sits. And so things just move like slow as molasses on a cold day in January here. Yeah. <laughs> it's like one in every five or one in every four people here works with government. Right. So, I think that, um, you know, I think that I, it, it is what it is. And, um, you know, I think that the way that the, uh, I think Sacramento, the ceramic position here is interesting too, is like, there have been lots of little collectives and yeah. um, nonprofit organizations that have been able to sustain themselves, not thrive, but sustain themselves here. And I would like to see um, I would like to see more, more, uh, money, monetary help come in to Sacramento to help uh, boost our economy. And so we can, we can really step up our game. Um, I think that I would like to see a lot more diversity, mm -hmm. um, when it comes to art in general, ceramics yeah. as well. And, um, as well as the people who get to do art. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's something that, you know, we're, it's currently on the table and it's something that is, you know, fresh in the discussions about um, who gets to do art. Um, and that's, and as an educator, that's something that we also are trying our hardest to, um, to, you know, address as well. So um, those are just kind of all the things that I wish for Sacramento. Um, yeah. yeah. Maybe People- not get so hot. People still think that like San Francisco is the capital of California. I have a couple online friends who are like, "What's where's Sacramento?" I'm like, "It's the capital." They're like, "We thought we thought it was like L.A. or San San Francisco." I'm like, "No, no." (laughs) It's here. It's us. Yeah, but they're like, "It's in the movies." I'm like, "No, what? No, stop watching TV." (laughs) (laughs) When you look at um, like the money that you'd like to see coming into Sacramento and into Sacramento arts. Um, like, do you see that coming from like outside businesses? Are you hoping for more investment, like from the state itself or is it kind of, I guess, a little, little column A, little column B? Um, well, you know, I, I did go to, I participated in the Enseca at, in Seattle a couple of years ago, and it was amazing to see how many galleries and, and how art was, um, uh, supported there. And I was like, well, what do they have that we don't? And it's like, well, they've got corporations there, you know, um, they have, yeah. you know, yeah, Google and, uh, you know, the big, the big, the big names, you know, yeah. we don't really have anything like that here. So I think, you know, it's, I guess it's a little bit like inv- inviting the devil to your front door, but, you know, <laughs> a lot of with that. And, and yeah. so. Um, devil got money though. Like that. Government doesn't pay. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's it's interesting living in sacramento like i remember choosing after i graduated from uc santa cruz to come back for many different reasons yeah Um, you know also my family and my and my partner are here small small stuff yeah yeah just little little things but um the the fact that kind of like the the word that stood out uh to me when you were talking about sacramento is navigable and i feel like that works just in or like not only in terms of traffic, like our traffic's not as bad as LA, yeah. um, but also just the art scene is, it felt like, it felt like there are ways to get involved and kind of begin to understand how the system works um, that isn't as intimidating as like San Francisco or LA. I don't know. I, just, I, I still kind of like that Sacramento has a little bit of that feel. I, but I'm also I love Sacramento yeah. so much. Like, <laughs> I don't like, it's in a bowl. We're surrounded by mountains. If we had a war with another city, we'd be fine. They gotta come over the mountains to get us. Like, I don't know. We have some good farmers here. I go to other cities that aren't as, I'll use the word like, like a cultural melting pot Sacramento has been described as. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's like a reverse culture shock. Cause I went to Utah one time and I was like, where's the rest of your people? (laughs) And they were like, this is them. And I'm like, yo, you guys have like one type of person here <laughs> sacramento we have so much diversity mm-hmm. it's crazy maybe not in the art world but definitely is in our people you know that's right that's right yeah that actually reminds me iana would you be willing to kind of share a little bit about the like the theme of Ensiga this year yeah sure um the theme is fertile ground and um it's something that we wanted to kind of tie in with uh farm to fork Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, we're yeah. That seems to be something that like the that's the good the good thing people are hearing about Sacramento is uh, that we have a really great farm to fork um, uh, situation here. The food here is amazing, and that's something that should be celebrated. The farming, right? The farmers mm-hmm. should be yeah. celebrated. And also, um, you know, there are definite connections between, uh, you know, uh, the ground, like the the poetic version of like uh, where clay comes from, and also thinking about generating new ideas and the the, fer- the fertility of what that entails, and um, and uh, and also, I think we were thinking about like, hey, this is going to be our first like non pandemic. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, fingers crossed. Oh. Quote unquote. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think um, fertile ground holds promise, you know, um, and hope. That's something mm-hmm. we really wanted to um, encapsulate in this uh, this particular uh, conference. Ten dollars says that someone's gonna make like a we're planting the seed for the future. Oh, for like the fertile. Oh, one hundred percent. Someone's I, gonna do it. I when I applied to um, to give a talk at Encika, I definitely played into that a little bit. I towed the line with cheese, <laughs> just just it's a okay. little bit. Just cheese a little goes bit. good on everything. Just too much of it gives you high cholesterol. That's true. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So kind of rounding off on that message of hope. Uh, Iana, would you be willing to share three ceramic artists that our viewers and listeners should go as soon as they're done listening to our podcast or right now, pause the podcast or YouTube video and go look these people up. Who would you recommend? Uh, with, with your, your question, I'm going to, I'm going to like, uh, right back at you, um, as far as like, what, give me, give me a context because Mm. I have a list of like, you know, know artists or like like international artists, or you Mm. want somebody from Sacramento or you want, you know, who am I looking at? Like, give me more specifics. Let's, let's look at Sacramento artists and let's do maybe two that are somewhat more established. Like you think that people could learn something from looking at their work. And maybe if you can think of one person who maybe isn't as established, but it's like, ooh, keep an eye on this person. Up and comer. Up and comer, yeah. I'm going to mention a couple of people that are from Sacramento, but are no longer in Sacramento. Okay. okay. Right. So um, I would say Aida Lizalde is um, a really amazing artist in her own right. And, um, you know, it's like, I, there's, you do, when you see certain people, and their artwork and you're like, Oh, you got it. She, she's one of those people. She's got Mm -hmm. it. And, um, she's really amazing. And, uh, she uses, uh, she's not a ceramist in the sense of like, that's all she does. Um, she's more uh, conceptual and performance based, uh, but she does video, but she also uses clay a lot in her work. And I love the way she uses that material in a poetic way that is kind of transcends and, um, and so she works a lot with identity in her artwork. And um, she reminds me a little bit of like Anna Mendieta um, mm. in a sense uh, where she's just pretty serious about her work and, and where it's coming from. And I, I just, I just, I'm so looking forward to seeing anything that she does. So she's somebody that I really respect and um, I'm keeping an eye on her. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, the other person is, uh, Myung An and, uh, or Anne, I think his last name is, um, Myung An, and he is a former student of mine 
who uh, he also, uh, right now, I think he's doing a residency at the Mendocino Art Center, yes. but he may have, may or may not have already graduated from the Uni University of Montana. I think he was there. And I just love his artwork and where he's coming from too. Again, like his work kind of transcends. Um, I appreciate uh, the, the, the surfaces and uh, he, he's got a kind of a, a Zen wabi-sabi thing going on. Um, and he uses a lot of different techniques and um, his work is so crusty and, mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and I'm always interested to see what he's up to. So he, again, is a little bit, he's younger. He's probably more like your guys' age. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I, I, you know, I, I like whatever he, he is doing and I love talking to him. He's, he's a very thoughtful person. I have one of his cups cause I got to meet him at the Kaka show in Davis before the pandemic. And I, I, yeah, I, he's a really, really cool person. And I was like, yes, I must have one of your mugs. So I've got one in my, in my shelf at home. <laughs> yeah. Good, good, good. Yeah. And um, let's see, I, I, I'm going to just throw out a few more. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, cool. Um, Daniel Trejo is another uh, person that I really like his work. He does um, just, he's, he's working with clay, but like, it's just such a different way of, of working with clay. And again, like, I guess the, the, the common thread here for me is like, it's unexpected um, yes. and, and things are getting pushed. And, uh, and these are people that are really pushing the material, um, in a way that is unexpected. And, um, and I, and I like that the conversation is being moved forward. It's not literally spinning on it. You know, it's not like mm -hmm. the same thing over and over again. Um, and I really like Sunshine Cobb's, uh, pottery. Yeah. And she, she was uh, teaching at uh, Sac State for a while and she moved to Montana as well. Um, and, uh, I entered one of her raffles. She's so clever. Like she, I think she makes her money, a lot of money, like her, her money on, um, making pottery and stuff. And so, um, she did like a, a raffle and I, you know, I, 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 I threw down, I threw down for the raffle a few times yeah, and I finally yeah, got for it. Her work. Work. And she, her work is really interesting because, um, there's just so many stages that her work goes through. Um, when I look at a piece of artwork or a piece of ceramics for that matter, I like to think about how it was made. And if I get kind of caught up in the craft, um, like if I, and if it's easy for me to figure it out, I don't, I'm not as engaged as, as like yeah. when I hold up a piece of artwork like hers, I'm like, Oh, sandblasting, huh? <laughs> you know, oh, hours of sanding, huh? Yeah. You know, like, there's layers. There, there's, there's a complexity that I really appreciate in in her work, um, and there's the confidence in her work too that she just just keeps popping it out, and I love that. Um, and then a former student of mine, Kelsey Bone, is also in Montana. Well, everybody's oh. going to Montana. Everyone's going to go to Montana. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Kelsey Bowen was a former student of mine who she went to CCA um, mm -hmm. in Oakland and uh, she does figurative uh, sculpture and it's kind of anthropomorphic uh, uh, work that is, uh, I guess, situational. You know, there's a little bit of darkness in there, but her, her craft is really good. Um, and she studied under Arthur Gonzalez. So oh, okay. he kind of you know, there's that little bit of thread there you can see in her work. Yeah. 
And, um, and then, you know, for somebody who's here, I was trying to figure out, there's this one woman, I don't remember her name. She does this. She's a little bit older than me. I believe she's Japanese and she makes these beautiful abstract pieces that really kind of freeze moments. And, um, and that's her work. And I, and I, I don't remember what her name is. I've been asking around because I wanted to have that information for you, but um, sadly I do not. Oh, no worries. If you think of it at three in the morning, just shoot me an email. Yeah, we got a little, a little bit of time until this comes out. <laughs> uh, the other person, the other person that I really like her work is Julie Clemens. Um, and she's actually, she works, uh, she used to work at a zoo. So she, huh. she's, I, I like people that come to, ceramics in a different way. Like they, their entry point is not through like I've started ceramics and blah, blah, blah. It's like, mm. I want to try this new material, but I've got this well of information from somewhere else. And there's just this kind of freshness to her work. And her work is also, it's similar to Kelsey bones in like it's situational, it's anthropomorphic, um, but her work is very much about um, animals and mm -hmm. her, her surfaces are dope. Yeah, I've seen I've seen her work, both hers and Julie's, and it's just like it's gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. So those are just a few people that um, I'm I'm looking at and keeping my eye on. All right. For oh, sure. Thank you for sharing with us. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for taking the time yeah. to talk to us about your work, about Sacramento art, and about Ensika. And we hope that for our viewers and listeners, that this conversation is kind of. Uh, giving you an intro to Insika, Insika 101. Yeah, tell us if you're thinking about going, so. All right, well, Iana, we will thank catch you, you later, later and thank you so much. No, thank you so much. We'll see you at Insika. Hopefully it's still going. <laughs> but I'll, I'll see you there. Oh yeah. for today. Thank you for listening to The Mud Peddlers with Lindsay M. Dillon and Dante of Earth Nation. Want to say hi and see what Dante and I are working on in our studios? Check out the show notes for links to our websites and social media below. You can find me at lindsaymdillon.com. That's L-I-N-D-S-E-Y-M as in monster, D-I-L-L-O-N.com. And on Etsy, Instagram, and Facebook at Lindsay M. Dillon. And you can find me at Earth Nation Ceramics. It's spelled exactly how you think it's spelled, but you can also find me on my Facebook fan page and Instagram at the same name at Earth Nation Ceramics. If you enjoyed hanging out with us today, or you have a question or topic you'd like us to discuss, take a second to rate and review the Mud Peddlers in Apple Podcasts. It helps our podcast reach new listeners, and we really appreciate the feedback. Thanks again, and we'll catch you next time.